won't hit hard. Stretch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawks win. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. episode four already so we got some interesting stuff today we got some bulls we got some hawks uh you know the hawks hawks are going to be fun to talk about today pat hawks are definitely going to be fun to talk about. bulls not so much bulls yeah bulls bulls we'll get we'll get the bulls out of the way let's put it that way uh but before we get going with that it'd be a shame if the white Sox guy didn't mention what happened today the White Sox signed Yasmani Grandal to a four-year contract. Big signing by the White Sox. Hopefully it's the, uh, the domino to fall for the rest of the moves this offseason. We'll get more in-depth about that probably next week with Jack and all. We'll do our whole baseball our whole baseball talk. But today we got Hawks and Bulls. Jay, get us going, buddy, with the Bulls. All right, well, just to start off, uh, coming into the season, obviously everyone expected this team to be a 7-8 seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levine was coming off uh, last year. Everyone said he got snubbed as an all-star. Per- personally, I'm not a big Levine guy. Uh, but anyways, this team is uh, – this is they're in 10th place right now in, in a battered-down Eastern Conference that is not competitive at all when you look at – uh, from seven down to the bottom of the Eastern Conference, everyone's under 500. Uh, player-wise, um, like I said, Levine underperforming, Markinen underperforming, uh, and they're getting a lot of a lot of garbage talk about that, saying yeah. that uh, with where this team's at right now, do we really have what it takes to risk? wasting time on these two. Um, no. But then again, you got guys like Kobe White who are definitely on the up-and-coming side of this team. Hopefully, yep. he could be our next guy. We got a guy that just comes up in Daniel Gafford. Yeah. Uh, puts on a huge show. Yeah, big um, debut. But then you got guys again like <clears throat> we put money in Otto Porter Jr., uh, yeah, yeah. A guy who really doesn't fit into the rebuild. He's 26, but he doesn't really fit into the rebuild, in my opinion, especially with the money we're giving him. Um, we got guys we're adding to the team like Luke Cornette, uh, Shaquille Harrison, who's been around. Um, honestly, I just think every every move that's going on with the Bulls, I think it's just it seems to me like a des- everything's sloppy. Everything's just getting thrown together without any end end goal in mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see this team making the playoffs this year. No, uh, absolutely not. I don't see them making the playoffs for a few years. Uh, 
So that's just a quick rundown on the team as a whole for now. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, um, I was watching the game. Uh, it was, I think it was Saturday I was watching the game. And I don't know if it was just that game, but Wendell Carter Jr. looked completely lost. I don't know if that's consistent with his play, but Jay, what do you think is, like you were talking earlier with the younger players, that we don't have time to be wasting. Do you feel like they could eventually become trade chips? Um, well, here's the thing. All this talk about Anthony Davis coming here, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, I think the first piece to go, well, Anthony Davis, trade rumors aside, I've been saying since the start of the season that Zach Levine is a guy we need to ship off in a trade package. I think a good suitor for him might be the Lakers, whether they want him or not, but they're starting a guy in Kendavious Caldwell Pope right now who is in the, the parting, the laughing stock of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I think you send him to a team like the Lakers who are missing – uh, a solid scorer. Uh-huh. I mean, if you look at Levine right now, what was it? Not le- the offseason going into last season, he was a free agent that wanted $80 million over, I think, what was it, four years? Uh-huh. And he was about to walk to walk away to the Sacramento Kings and the Bulls gave him what they wanted and kept him around. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, but I think he should definitely be looked at as a trade piece. <clears throat> Depending on what happens with Market in the rest of the season, everyone's saying he's playing hurt. Um, I don't know because he has spurts in games where he he looks good, uh-huh. and he has he's had two games this season the the uh, opening game and I think it was last game where he he really looked uh, like himself again like last season. Uh, but he so far he looks like he's regressed. Um, Wendell again, I think they have him playing through uh, an injury right now. Because coming into the season, both Lori and Wendell were hurt. Mm-hmm. And with this, where this team's at, I don't know if it's in their best interest to maybe sit Lori and give Daniel Gafford some more minutes. But I don't know. I, it wouldn't hurt. Right, definitely definitely yeah, wouldn't I hurt. I mean, right now, uh, I think what they need is a, a shakeup. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But uh, they just need to all come together, the front office, all the higher-up guys, and just come together with one clear goal on what they want this team to be in the future. So um, I don't think that's clear right now, uh-huh. and that's that's just what's killing these guys. So it's, it's, it's also not a good feeling to know that, like, we are playing players that are injured right now. That just kind of shows yeah. you what our depth exactly. is like, too. And it's just not a good feeling in any sport to know that we're putting players out there that are hurt. And yeah. that just that's the, just doesn't look good for us. And we're still four games under 500, so. Exactly. And and I don't know what's a, I don't know what my opinion is on Boylan, dude. I, I don't even know. No, I feel like I, he's just a big no, jackass. Yeah, like, no. That's all I hear and see, and that's what I feel. like. I, I don't even know, dude. What was the extension that we gave him this past offseason? Was it two? Was it? It, it definitely was. It, it was, it was two too or long. Three. Simple as that. It's too long. Yeah. Too, too, uh, too I don't long, know yeah. why we hired him. I mean, I, I thought yeah. he's good. unproven. We gave him an extension when he's unproven, and that's and that's another another clear sign that the front office has no direction, and they're just throwing whatever they can get together. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like so. we've been stuck in that like 
role too is just like we've been stuck in this role of like unprovenness. Like we, yeah, with Hoiberg, like yeah, he he did okay in college, but like it's just it's yeah. just I feel like we're stuck in a loop here. No, just, it, we are definitely stuck in a loop with it, the coaches. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, here's my kind of my piece with this is Jay talk about this vision the Bulls have, and we haven't had a vision for I feel like since since Derek was here. Yeah. It all starts with Gar and Pax. It's no secret the Bulls, oh my everyone God. in Chicago okay. hates Gar and Pax. Yeah, and it starts with them, and then it trickles down to Boylan. And I mean, Gar and Pax speaks for itself. Get him, get him out of here. Yeah. With Boylan, which really threw me, it really got underneath my skin was that interview he had earlier in the season. I want to say it was the Lakers game when the, the Bulls lost that lead in the fourth quarter, and then after the game, they're talking to Boylan. It's like, why didn't you have Zach or Lori or or Wendell out there in the last couple minutes to seal out that victory? Oh yeah. Boylan was saying, "I got a 15 man roster. Uh-huh. I need to get all 15 guys to to play." And I'm like, "No, Boylan, this isn't college basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. What team in the NBA has a has a 15 man deep roster? Nobody does. <laughs> Even the Benchmark Bulls, they didn't have a 15 man roster. They had a solid core, like." You know, eight, eight, nine. Dude, this isn't. This is not a joke. I mean, you have a team to. You have a chance well, to pull out one of the best teams in the NBA right joke. now. This team is a joke. Exactly. Well, it's turned and into a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the fact the that he too. thinks that he has to do a fifteen-man roster and get all these guys playing minutes. That's not how the NBA works. I don't care if the Bulls suck. I don't care if you're trying to build up these rookies. But when you have the opportunity to win and beat a team like the Lakers right now, you got to take full advantage of that. And that's just. Well, we don't have that chance. But we did during that game. We had the lead going in the fourth quarter, and he pulls out the starters. Can I, the new guy can I say something there. about that, about what he said? Go ahead, uh, Jeff. Well, well, like I, I said earlier, we got guys that we're investing into heavily that we feel are going to be the two guys for this team in Levine and Markkinen. And no, let me just point this out. No one on the Bulls is averaging over 20 points right now, which is <clears> – <throat> Very sad. I mean – it's sad, especially when we're paying Levine uh, $20 million a year. Uh, you know, I think that's more so of Boylan and everyone higher up knows that not to expect much from the team this year. So they're just throwing out guys to see if they can handle the pressure when it comes on late in games and see, pick out what guys are going to be reliable come down the stretch. Yeah. So I I mean, I could see. Obviously, we want wins. With maybe not right now, we don't want wins because we're. I think this team obviously needs to look to tank and grab another piece because we still don't have that guy. And right now, with the way we're playing and the way things are going for the Chicago Bulls, I don't see us as a free agent destination either. So I mean, we don't really have anything going for us. No, uh, and I think another issue too is if if that's true. So say say, I think time management is another issue too. I mean, so if he's if he's got if he's playing hurt players and they're not producing, but then again that he he's at the end of the game and they're tired and they maybe they can't play in the in the end of the game to to hold a victory. Then something's not right. Then we need to go get some more pieces for depth. Or I just feel like the, like like we've been saying is there's no there's no plan. Like we're just going in here and putting. We're just putting people out on the court and hoping that they can do the best. And obviously that's not doing anything, and that's not what a professional team should be doing at all. No. It's kind of a joke to the city of Chicago. Oh, no, this team is definitely a joke to the city of Chicago. Jay said something a little bit earlier, and I think the perfect way to put what's going on right now with the season is 
they're throwing shit against a wall and seeing what sticks. And obviously nothing is sticking right now with this team, which is not good for the city of Chicago or for really the memo that we're sending to other players. Cause what earlier in the season, there was, there were rumbles that Anthony Davis might be in the picture next year. Uh, the way that this team is looking there, I see absolutely no shot that we do get Anthony Davis, but I've got one question for Jay. Uh, Carmelo Anthony signed with the Blazers. Would you have liked the Bulls to maybe maybe have sent an offer to Anthony because of the depth and because of the leadership that he's shown? Um, well, first of all, a lot of the reason the Trailblazers went after uh, Carmelo was they have nothing to lose at this point. They're in a Western Conference that just keeps getting better and better, and they just can't seem to get over that hill. So they had no they they had nothing to lose at this point. For a team like the Bulls, adding Carmelo, he's a veteran. He's been around the league. He's played with a bunch of guys, but at the same time, uh, I don't think he he was going to be an uh, what would be an answer for us, okay. especially um, when we're trying to get other guys to develop and learn how to score and do all these things. Adding Carmelo, who is a guy who always wants the ball in his hands, it's hard for younger guys to develop when they got a guy that wants to take, you know, 15, 20 shots a game. So, I mean, his experience and his not basketball knowledge might have been good to have around these guys, but he, he's, he's a diva, and he would have expected a big role on a Bulls team that is... Not going anywhere. Uh, uh, yeah, not going anywhere, so... I don't think we should have went. I think the Trailblazers had nothing to lose, and I think you know maybe it'll work. work maybe it'll work out for them. They're only risking like fifty-two thousand. I think I saw. So, uh, I mean, good for them. So, yeah. uh, but no, definitely adding a guy like Carmelo to this Bulls team, it would just be throwing more garbage into the fire. Yeah, definitely. We got anything else to add about the Bulls? Yeah, I just want to throw in one more thing. Uh, earlier this week, there was a lot of trade rumors that came up. Um, obviously, that Zach and Lori are on the block. And the one I saw was uh, was Kuzma for Lori. And here's my problem with this. is I think the Bulls are a very, like, on paper, just get rid, of, get rid of the head coach, get rid of the front office, get rid of the current situation. On paper, we're a good team. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think it's, it comes down to the coach and it comes down to the front office. If we have a completely revamped or, or like front office, it's a different story right now. I think we're a good team. So personally, I think we're hitting the panic button really early in the situation that we're going. We are getting ready to ship Zach and Lori off. Now, Jay, I know you're saying you feel a bit differently about it, but for me, I mean, I think. I think you got to hold on to these guys. I think it's as and granted, I mean, it's Garner packs are not the brightest as they've shown, but I just think getting rid of those two guys this early in the season is absolutely idiotic. I mean, you lose those two guys. What the hell does Chicago have anymore in basketball? We already don't what have, do we a have lot. now, but I'm saying we already don't have a lot, dude. I mean, it's kind of, it really, I think the biggest thing is the biggest hype for the bull seasons here is the fact that Zach's probably going to be in the dunk contest, dunk contest at the United center. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think trading away those two guys is one going to do anything for us. Oh, I mean, no. yeah, it's going to boost the Lakers. I think. What is Kuzma, Kuzma's career is going to come here and die? I mean, look at the look at the change in coaching and the, the whole clear feel of being in the Lakers and then come to Chicago. Like, I just don't think the Bulls are. That's a smart move at all, at all. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I, I agree. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I agree here just for the, on, on that standpoint. I think where it needs to start is at the top. I think we need to figure out what we want to do first and then stick with it. I think if we have some direction and have a plan, then we can kind of move on to, yeah, I think we sh- I agree. I think we should stick with who we have right now. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think we should tank. I think we need one more piece, younger piece in that mix, and I think we need to stick with that plan. I think we need to keep – because we just have no direction right now, and everyone looks confused, and it, it even has the fans confused on what, what we want. So I think I think we just need to start with the plan from up top, and then it works on the way on the way down. Yeah, I think we can well, – oh, yeah, go ahead, Jay. Everything, you know – Everything just seems impulsive. We go out and we trade for Otto Porter last year. A few weeks after that, we give him a huge contract extension, which, as we said earlier, was kind of unproven. You know, I mean, he's a guy that can come in and, you know, make shots for us, especially from three, which the Bulls were lacking last year. And I think that was one of the big ideas why they went after him in a league that just every season, the average total for. Uh, points at the end of the game just keeps rising and rising. Um, it's becoming a scoring league. But like I said earlier, for a, t- a team that's trying to accommodate with the fact that everyone's scoring more and more points, no one's at. He, Zach Levine is averaging 19.8. I mean, he's just at under 20. But still, then again, he's no one's at tw- averaging 20 points a game. The next highest per, uh, points per game is Laurie at 14.8. I mean, it's just not going to get it done. And I think going into this season, the front office, again, just takes pieces that aren't needed and just adds more cast to what's going on with this team already. And it's just stupid. Adding a guy like Thomas Sadoransky to, make, to give our point guard depth on this team four, four point guards deep, and now we have him stealing minutes from a guy that we drafted in the first round as a lottery pick in Kobe White, who's stealing mm-hmm. minutes from him. Yeah. You know, I mean, just it's it's completely idiotic. You're, you should be putting minutes into these guys that you think are going to be the future of this team, not a 28-year-old. He's the oldest on the team now. I mean, 28's not old in, in the NBA. I mean, he's, he's at what would be his prime. But his, if this is his prime, uh, I mean, he's not. He's We're not going to get below much average. He's yeah. below, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this this team has a lot of work to do, uh, and it's just it's it's going to be a long season for Bulls fans. So. Yeah, and it's barely begun. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just the whole idea of tanking, like it sounds great, but like the Bulls are gonna, always going to be that team where they're not going to be the worst team in the NBA. They're always going to be – they're never going to be a number one draft pick. And then if stuff like this happens where we got we had a guy like Kobe White, and I love Kobe White. He's playing really well. But I have zero confidence in the front office to go get a – you know, actually tank, get a number one pick, and then, you know, like actually develop a player correctly. You can't do that under this these conditions of having Boylan as head coach and Garn Pax running the show. That's why I like the whole tanking idea. I don't even want to do that because it's not going to work. Yeah. The Bulls are definitely in a tough spot, and Pat, you've you've gone to it quite a bit, but I agree. The first action that the Bulls need to take before they decide to do anything is really take a hard look at the front office and the coaching and really make a decision. 
all, everybody wants Garpex gone. Everybody wants Boylan gone. It's just that they need to see it themselves and make the decision themselves, and then the Bulls can start moving forward. Until then, this team's just going to be stuck. Uh, I got one final thing, and this is on Boylan. I mean, Boylan is a guy that he gets a lot of grief, and there's a lot of things I don't agree about with him. Everyone says, oh, you know, he, he's he treats it like it's college. You look at our roster, half these guys just came out of college. I mean, they need to be held accountable. And then you got guys like Zach Levine. And to me personally, I just think he, he thinks he he just comes off as a diva. No, he, he like, does come off as a diva, yes. And, and, you know, I mean, the idea of having, like, a clock to punch into when you get to the uh, practice facility and all that – Hold these guys accountable because, I mean, they need to start somewhere and they need to put the work in. You, A guy like Shaquille Harrison, ask me where he came from. I have no idea. I think last year we picked him up as out of the G League or something. I mean, you got a guy like Denzel Valentine. hasn't even played – I'm pretty sure he hasn't even played a minute this season. He was supposed to be this guy that came in and gave us big boost when we were uh-huh. a somewhat – uh, competent team. team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, who's, Lu- who's Luke Cornett? Like, yeah. come on. Let's, like, put some veterans around these young guys instead of keep adding these pointless players that <sighs> are getting just garbage minutes if they're even playing at all. I mean, mm-hmm. Boylan just needs if, – if Boylan's our guy, there's stuff he needs to fix. I don't know. I don't see this front office lasting much longer. Um, sure hope so. Sure hope so. So, I mean, if that happens, obviously this whole situation is going to get just revamped. Everything's going to everything's gonna change. But, uh, like I said, strap it in because you're in for a long season. Yeah, that we definitely are. Uh, that does it for Bulls Talk. We said our piece. Yep, yep. All yep. good? All Let's right. Talk. Now, let's change the gears a little bit. We'll get a little bit happier here. Pat, give us that Blackhawks energy, buddy. I've been dying to talk oh, about the Blackhawks. we Black know Hawks. you have. We know. And I'm sure you've seen on the Twitter. I've been going at it with the Twitter or the tweets. Ladies and gentlemen, the Blackhawks are back. Yep. I'm saying it right now. So, right now, we are currently... Um, Join or die. <clears throat> we're about Join the uh, fifth seed in the Central Division, and we're sitting about 22 points. And we're about four points behind Dallas in the four seed. So here's my here's my thing. I, I really I'm not gonna break down like the past big games. Um, right now, the day we're recording, they're taking on Tampa later tonight. Uh, it's a big game that we need to bounce back off. But going backwards, uh, we played um, we played Carolina last night, and it was a tough loss. We lost four to two. And and realistically, this is gonna be the downfall of the Hawks this year is I think if they're playing the way they're playing right now, they have the opportunity to be a, a, uh, a playoff team and nobody wants to play the Hawks in the playoffs. No, but here's going to be the downfall is the defense. I mean, you have games that, I mean, I uh, would see the first time we played, uh, Nashville this, this year, it was, I think they had like 50, over 50 plus shots on that. That game could have easily been a 10, nothing game. Thank God for Robin Leonard. He's playing on top of his head. Yes. The defense is going to be the biggest problem. We're too slow. 
and and it's just I mean they're just walking into our zone and killing us on these stretch passes down ice and then I mean we're, like I said we are lucky we have Corey we have a great goaltending situation right now um, and I think it really showed last night against the Hurricanes, because the Hurricanes are a super young and talented team. They're very fast, and they burned us. I mean, that top line with Sebastian Ajo. Um, Dude, fuck that I, guy. Fuck. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Um, and uh, they have a rookie. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> and you don't need a rider. That top line is dangerous. And they oh, burn yes, they Hawks. And that's what it, and I, mean, I know me and PT were talking about this last night when we were watching the game, is they do this shit all the time. They, they suck the first two periods. They get maybe probably less than 15 shots on that in the first two, and then they suck me in in the third, and they bring the game in with one, bring the game in with one goal, and then they lose it. Yeah. And it happens day in and day. It's not the first time it happened, but I'm keeping my cool because I think the Hawks truly are back. I think they're finding their groove. They had a really rough start to the season, but they've picked it up as of late. They were on a four-game winning streak until they lost to Carolina last night. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the Carolina game, I'm not too upset about it so uh, because, yeah. like I said, we've looked – I think we've looked good offensively in the third period. I don't even want to talk about the first two periods. that We've looked awful. Um, the one thing that really stuck out with me is toward the end of the game. It's three to two. Uh, we had just pulled our goalie. I think Shit right got over, me Rob fired Lundin. up, Pat. Shit got me fired up. Yeah, that cheap shot Sebastian Ajo put on Patrick Kane, and that's the scumbag move. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that wasn't called. A couple years back, that same exact type of play, that mm-hmm. that blindside cross check, that's what cost him his broken collarbone earlier, or a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing that I really loved about this team is right after that play, there was no penalty call. It was late in the game. The refs aren't going to call that. Uh, Carolina buries an open an open net. A fucking Ajo, too, or whatever the fuck his name is. The Carolina puts it up to 4-2, and you guys got, you got guys like – uh, Taze, you got Kane's out there too. He's not going to do much. Taze's out there. Zeebs, Keys are out there. They're not going to take shit from nobody. No. They're not going to let their big, their best player on the team take a cheap shot like that and let it go unreciprocated. Uh-huh. So shout out to these guys. I love the intensity. Um, like I said, it was a tough loss, but I'm not that mad about it because I think there was a lot of takeaway from that game. But realistically, offensively, this, these past four or five games, I'm loving it. Um, I'm loving seeing. Uh, Kirby Dockin on the, the the sheet. My biggest thing with Kirby Dock is is he needs to get more playing time. Yep. When he first started scoring, he was getting about like six, seven, eight minutes on the ice. And now he's I think he's up to like thirteen and a half, almost fourteen minutes, which is what I want to see. Uh-huh. Um, I think the Hawks are really in a good spot. The lines are really good. That second line with Cat, Strom, and Kane is just absolutely <laughs> disgusting. If they start hitting early, they're going to murder any goalie, whether it's Mark Andre Furry or some no name. Like is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my big, my the one thing that needs to change for this Hawks team to be a deadly force in the in the West is it's got to be the defense. Oh, definitely. Um, I know as of late, Eric Gustafson's been playing really well, and he's got he's been putting some pucks on net, and a couple have been going through. He's got three goals, baby. He's got three goals in the last four games. Gus has got to go. I mean, he's no, too damn slow. I mean, he's getting beat across his face, and he can't do anything. I mean, he's an offensive-minded defenseman. He's a great asset to have on the offense for the power play. But, I mean, granted, a power play is not even anything to begin with. A power play sucks. It's always sucked. Even when Q was man in the helmet, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think I think Zeebs, I mean, I love Zeebrook. I really do. But, I mean, I don't see him going anywhere because of the contract we have with him. But he's got to go. Well, that's another um, problem I, is who are we going to – who wants to take that contract? 
nobody. And with his age, I mean, we haven't locked up till he retires. Yeah. So that's the thing that really sucks. I mean, Keith, it seems like Keith hasn't aged at all. No, yeah, I mean, he's oh, still yeah. out there. He's still repping as many minutes as he possibly can. Zeeps isn't that same type of guy. Um, Zeeps is a great, a great asset to have in the locker room. But down the ice in those critical moments against a team like Carolina, I mean, it's, it just sucks. He can't, it's like he just can't keep up. And I understand it. I'm not mad about it, but I mean, he's. I think he's got to go. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll take the three cups. I mean, we'll we'll take the three cups. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to settle. We don't want to settle, but you know, and this is yeah. a team that shouldn't be settling. We're a very good and young team, and I mean, I love the young the youngsters we have here, but I mean, like I said, it comes. I mean, goalies were in a golden situation. Mm-hmm, we can, I don't care which goalies in that that night. I'm not worried one bit that. Corey's going to have – we can win whichever goal he's in that. Yes. Defense is always going to be there. Um, the offense is always going to be there. I mean, you have Kane and Taze. I mean, that to begin the season, the, the bottom six was you know, the only offense the Hawks had, and it was tough to watch. It's no secret Taze takes forever to warm up in the season and start scoring, which he finally has. They finally put on that line of Kane, uh, Stroman to bring it, and look at what happens. Colin, you put that line together and they start scoring. Kane's on a – he's trying to extend it to a 10-game point streak tonight. Yeah. That top line with uh, – it's been Nylander. It's been bouncing back and forth, but Taze and Sod has always looked really good. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really digging this uh, Kirby Doc um, with Kampf and uh, Zach Smith. Zach Smith has been playing a lot better these past couple games. But like I said, I think I'd like to see Boquist back up in the NHL. I, I 100%. Think Gus has got to go. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I said this team's this team's very good, and I wouldn't sleep on them, especially once the playoffs season starts to come around. If we make the playoffs, nobody wants to come to Chicago and play us. Yeah, did, Pat, do you see any logical reason why we sent him down back to the AHL? Yeah, so I do understand. I saw it coming. I did tweet about it too. It, it sucked to see, mm-hmm. but here's what happened: is um, so Connor Murphy got hurt, and then we brought up Boquist to fill that spot because it's Boquist and Slater Cuckoo and Slater Cuckoo. Brandon, like you like to say, send him to the sun. I don't want to do on a team anymore. <laughs> he's like too good to play in the the AHL, but like he's not good enough to be a, a starting sixth defenseman. So we kind of he's kind of in between. He's always a healthy scratch. Send him to the sun. Get Boquist up here. Here's the thing: it's actually I don't want Boquist up here unless he's getting a top six spot because I want him to play. Uh-huh. I don't want him to be like Slater Cuckoo and not get those reps. Okay. So Connor Murphy got hurt. He had a groin injury, and Connor Murphy's a great defenseman, and I'm yes. big on him right now. He's been playing really well these past couple of games. He got uh, he got back off the IR, but so we sent. So Murphy got hurt. We brought up Boquist. He, he tallied a goal, and I think a couple assists in a couple of games that he played. Connor Murphy came back, um, and I think it was that that reason why we sent. Uh, we want Slater to be that seven guy that can pop in and out if we need somebody. But Bo, we sent Bo down because we want him to get that playing time in the AHL. But I think ultimately, if Gus is going to go, and here's the thing is nobody's going to want Gustafson because he's not the best anymore. His, draft, or his trade stock was highest in his previous offseason when we brought him on. And he was killing it for the power play in that back half of the season. So we were going to trade him. It's, the time has passed. I think his, tra- his trade stock's not going to be nowhere near as it was during the summer. But, uh, yeah, Bo was sent down because I think we want him to get that playing time. We don't want him to be that like that floater defenseman like Slater Cuckoo is right now. Uh, well, <clears throat> I called Pat last night uh, just to see what he thought about the game. And uh, one thing I touched on was the fact that our offense – or not our offense. Our offense has been through the roof playing great, but uh, it all comes down to defense. And uh, I think that's where uh, the Hawks really killed it on that four-game stretch was – 
puck control. I mean, they took away how many sh- uh, shots from the opposing team because we were just controlling the puck on offense. We had how many shots compared to the amount of shots that the opposing team took. So I think until uh, our D picks it up, offense is just going to have to keep doing its thing and just keep pressure up, control the puck, you know, make things work down on the offensive end. But uh, we definitely just can't let uh, defense just keep slacking. I mean, I, I, this is my biggest pet peeve with Colleton. I feel like he's very underspoken. He, he doesn't really seem to hold his guys accountable. And I think it's just more the fact that we have veterans that know what it takes to win, and they're just making it happen. I don't know how much credit we could give to Colleton, um, but – I mean, this is a team that has is filled with like five or six Stanley Cup winners, you know. So, I mean, we added a, a young coach to replace Quenville, who, I mean, who's doing great got, in Florida right now? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I feel he really got screwed over considering we we ship out all these old guys, we bring in a bunch of new guys and. They're expected to be a playoff caliber team right away, and it just falls into Coach Q's lap. And because they don't, they aren't what the front office pictured that team to be right away. He got the boot. I mean, I think. I, I mean, obviously, we're in the right direction. I feel like the Hawks are the best thing sports-wise going in Chicago right now. So, I mean, so let's just keep it going. You know, keep firing on uh, all cylinders and keep winning. So, yeah, I just have a couple quick points. Um, I think one of our issues right now um, is that we're not coming out hot at all. I think we have really slow starts, and that really kind of puts us in a hole, especially against the Canes. Uh, you can't get down two goals to Carolina. It's just you're just not going to be able to get out of that. Um, and I think one of, I think one of the players that kind of needs a lot of credit for the success is Andrew Shaw. I mean, I've always been a big big guy on big physical players. I think that's why we had so much success when we had our three when we had our run with Bufflin really early and then Shaw kinda of moving in. Shaw kinda of brings back this physical aspect that I love about hockey. When Shaw left, we had nothing. We were soft as a pillow. And now that he's back, he's definitely creating um, more physical plays and definitely brings a spark that the Hawks kind of has been missing for the last couple of years. Um, so that's I kind of want to credit him for that. Um, another thing is just play Kirby, man. He, yeah, it's kind of funny to watch him because he still kind of looks like he's a step slower than everybody. But this is what he needs. He needs to be put out there, and he the only way he's going to be able to develop and get to that player that we all know he's going to be is if he's out there. And so if we continue to see him his minutes climb and climb, that means he's going to be scoring more and creating more plays for us. So that's another point. Um, and I, and, our, and I've, we've already harped on this enough. Our defense is awful, and that's the reason why we're not at the top right now. Um, I, don't, I think there's, it's multiple things. I think Seabrook, he's just not the player we have, we've had in the past. He's, you see plays of him trying to, go get, try to go poke check and just completely whiff, and the breakaway happens, and then we're fucked. Um, and you can't do anything about that. Gustafson is slow. I just feel like there's, it's just the defense is just god awful. I can't, I can't keep on talking about it because it just gives me a headache. Um, and you know, I, I think, like I said, the Hawks are back. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I love watching the Hawks again because they definitely, um, 
make me happy again because yep. the past couple of years has kind of been like, damn. It's been rough. PT, um, me and you watched a lot of games together last year at the end of the season. Yeah. It was rough towards the end of the stress. Yeah. stretch. And one last thing. Thank God we have Patrick Kane. Um, mm. He is our Lord and Savior. Yeah, I don't and think people realize how good we have at having him as he, a Chicago athlete. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think when we lost Panarin, he kind of – it just he kind of lost his like his best friend, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping. People said that Debrinka could do that, and he really hasn't done that. I mean, a little. There's been like flashes of it, but not like what Panarin did for Kane. I think I'm hoping that Kirby Doc can definitely hopefully step up, and I I would like to see him more with Kane too. And so that's just my opinion on that. So. Yeah. So, hopefully we see a good game from the Hawks tonight. I know I'm looking forward to watching tonight. Pat, we all know you will be watching tonight. Do you have any keys to the game tonight? I always got keys to the game tonight. Right. Uh, I think against uh, Tampa, I think the biggest thing that came out of this was uh, Nikita Kucherov is out. I think they really need to take a big advantage of that. We're at the UC. We had a tough loss against Carolina. We need to bounce back. We cannot lose two straight. We need to get on the board early, like like PT, like what you said. We do start off really slow, and I think it comes down to if we just get pucks on that and this chip and chase shit stops, we start getting – like we have some of the best players in the league, at best puck handlers. We got Strong, we got Cat. Kirby Docks is a hell of a puck handler too. I always got Kane and Taze. Let the guys do what they do. Let them get a controlled entry into the zone and set up shot. This, we're, not, we're not fast enough to do this chip and chase and get a, get a puck in around the, the boards and then control from there. It's not going to happen. So I think getting pucks on that early and often, even I know, that, I, know, I know our power play sucks and it, it sucked under Q, but I mean, even if we aren't scoring on the power play, we just need to get some really crucial shots on that and change like the swing of pressure so that we have them on their heels. Um, but I think, yeah, like I said, getting on the board early at the UC and like, we cannot lose two straight. I mean, the schedule coming up is so pivotal to the season. <laughs> I think it, it could possibly be a make or break December. I know we got, uh, towards the end of no, November, at least, we had the Stars mm-hmm. twice. Right. And then going from late November, early December, we had the Avalanche back-to-back. And we got the Blues twice in December. We got the Bruins. We have a very dangerous Coyotes team. Uh, we got a wow. It's a very heavy central conference matchup during December. And I think the Hawks, at the end of December, you can see the Hawks almost number two or number one in the, uh, in the central division. We're going to be dead last. I think it's very scary, and I think it needs to start now. And these, these pickup games against Tampa, against Dallas, we need to have our heads on right when we go up against guys like the Avalanche, especially the Blues. I mean, people know I hate the Blues and I hate the Bruins. We need to have our heads on straight. We need to be clicking on all cylinders to be able to win those type of games. Uh, before we go, can I add one thing? I want to ask you guys, and I want sure. everyone. I want everyone. I want to hear everyone's answer. All right. All right. It's early in the season. The Hawks showed a glimpse of what they could be. Uh, Pat just said they're going into a crucial part of their schedule. Is this a playoff team? 100%. I'm full in 100% that this could be – this is a playoff team. Not only do I think this is a playoff team, if if this defense can figure out, I I think we definitely can make a run to in the playoffs, 100%. With the Madhouse on Madison, anything's possible. Exactly. Anything's no. possible. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're 100 percent. Well, I think we can definitely make the playoffs. We really can, and I think all we need to do, and I know it's easier said than done. Got to tighten up the defense. Yeah. We need to maybe pick up a couple pieces during the, before the trade deadline. We need to get get rid of Gus, uh, bring Bo up. We need to tighten up the defense, tighten up the forecheck, 
And all we need to do is just limit the shots on net. Like Robin Leonard, I mean, you guys follow him on Twitter. He's hysterical after his games that he plays in. Uh huh. Yeah, I love his Twitter. Yeah, he's um, a good guy. I mean, we cannot have our guys, especially against central teams like we're going to be playing in December, we cannot have our goalies like Corey and Robin facing 50 plus shots tonight. Dude. We're not going to win that way. We just aren't. And I mean, look at the Nashville game. In the most recent one, we won seven to two. We still got outshot pretty badly. I think by seven eight shots that game. We <coughs> just have two really good goalies. I think this team is definitely a playoff team. Um, I'm not worried about the offense whatsoever. Like I said, we have a lot of high flying assets on the offensive side of it. I'm not worried about the goalies whatsoever. For once in my life, I'm not worried about the Chicago Blackhawks goalies. But I, it really, it comes down to the defense. I think if they if they pull it together, we're 100 percent a playoff team, and nobody wants to come to the UC. During the playoffs, nobody. The Madhouse has some shakes, baby. Shakes. All right. Nothing better than when Chicago when the Blackhawks are good, man. N- nothing like it, especially during those summer nights, watching yep. the Hawks in the Stanley Cup. Those were some good days. So let's uh, let's bring some more of those days in the future. So, if anybody else doesn't have anything that does it for the podcast, we all good. We all said what we needed to. Yeah, we're all good. All good. All yep. good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at Cloudgate Sports. Like us on Facebook. Uh, we're gonna have a giveaway coming soon, so be ready for that. And Can I give uh, a hint at what the giveaway is. Uh, that they will they'll find out. Don't you worry. They'll okay. Okay. All right. All right. So make sure you guys like on follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Peace out. Peace out. See you. Stretch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawks win. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Team of the 20 20-